Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you all enjoy that game as much as I did? National television. Statement made. This team is here. Kings have arrived. They're legitimately the best team in the National Hockey League right now, the way they're playing. It's fact. Oh, I wanted that shutout so bad. Oh, man. Mm, that would have felt so good. I'll take it. 4-1. I mean, the fact that Kopi gets his 400th to kind of ease the pain of losing that shutout, right? It's kind of what it felt like. That would have been nice, though. That would have been nice. But, man, I have to say, that was, besides the the goal that was scored, I don't know what would happen. I want to talk about, we'll talk about the Dubois line in a second here, but besides that play, that was one of the most responsible, accountable, intelligent regular season games I've ever seen the Kings play. Considering the opponent and the location and the circumstance of national television, Yeah. Mm hmm. Kings are here. This isn't a fluke. I mean, when was the last time you, you remember watching the Kings play? And anytime you see a player on the ice, or whatever line you see on the ice, whatever defensive pair you see on the ice, I feel good. I feel confident. I feel comfortable. How many times did we see Blake Lazat, Trevor Lewis, and Carl Grunstrom on the ice with like six minutes left in the third period? Late in the game. 3 1, relatively close game. You never know what could happen. Lazat, one of the best fourth line centers in the game, but doesn't get the recognition because he plays in LA. Mikey Anderson. Can we talk about him? Did you see that little odd man rush that he just swatted away like it was nothing and then picks the puck up in the corner picks it off of i think that was eichel in the corner starts to rush the other way and then they get a a full like 30 second offensive zone shift future captain maybe 
Dude, that first line though, Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield. Oh boy. Oh boy. Juice. The juice was flowing tonight. The juice. The juice was flowing tonight. I don't know what it is about Kempe playing in Vegas, but it just seemed he just. I think he loves the spotlight. Maybe. Maybe he likes the, the shining lights. But he seems to just go off whenever he's in Vegas. I mean, this was, I don't know who the three stars were, but Juice had to be at least one of them, the way he played tonight. Byfield, instrumental on that first first goal. I know he didn't get a point for it. Deserved the plus. And Kopi, number 400, rocking the net guard. Oh, he's nasty. He's nasty with it. I love it. Man. This team. Whoo. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's just like, it's like, oh man, if we can get a full season of this. I mean. Division should be, the division should be available for this team. I want to speak, get too far ahead of ourselves. All right. Hold on. Stop. I'm forgetting Cam Talbot. I'm I'm what what am I thinking? Are you serious? One million dollars? What was his bonus today? Can we double it? Should we triple it? Quadruple it? Dude. It's like it's weird because like you this team is playing so well. I mean we're talking about all four lines. We're talking about Kopitar, we're talking about Mikey Anderson, we're talking about Drew Doughty. How many shots did or how many saves did Kevin Talbot have today? I don't know the actual count. I could look it up, but it was like I, I at least like close to thirty five, right? Ho hum. I'm just don't, just get a little worried, you know. His age, tread on the tires, but I asked I, I asked McClellan the other day. I, I kind of like pointing to because that was the day that uh. Talbot rested for the practice, right? He wasn't even there. And I asked him, like, is, is that decision kind of based off of, like, the coaching staff or does sports and conditioning, sports science kind of get into that a little bit? And he had mentioned, like, some of the stuff that sports science, they kind of interact with them a lot. And I've read a lot of stuff about it, especially with the NHL edge stuff. A lot of the NHL edge stuff is actually based off of sports science. And it doesn't even pertain to, like, stats. It actually helps out with the players in terms of their usage, Right. And especially for goalies, there's there's a little chip that they wear, and it even measures each time they go up and down during practice. So, I don't know. Maybe the advancements can help out Talbot, help help out Talbot this season, make him play a little bit longer. But man, the way he's playing right now, just I feel confident with him in net. Right? I mean, I'm sure. Right? Phoenix Copley gets the game tomorrow. That's. I think we're all probably okay with that, but. Talbot's looking good, and it, it would feel – I would feel really good if Copley had a good game tomorrow. That would – I mean, that would put a lot of question marks to rest, right? Cam Talbot's – he's still going to have – He, I mean, he's playing really well. He's second star last week, consistently keeping it up. But, I mean, he's still going to have those question marks about his longevity. But if Copley can come in and kind of ease the pain of that backup role in some of those games he's had earlier in the season, I'd be – Doing a lot, a lot better, a lot better. But man, 
just this game real quick. Oh, man. I know I'll get to you guys. Oh, feels so good to beat the Golden Knights on national TV. That felt good. And it's not even because of the rivalry. Like, I don't even really consider the Golden Knights so much of a rival. Like, to be honest with you, I think the Oilers are more of a rival. And I even grew up more hating the Ducks than anybody else. I grew up in Orange County, so the Ducks are right next to me. So, But I grew up hating that Ducks, and I, hate, I still, quote-unquote, kind of hate them. I don't, I don't hate them, but you know what I mean. But, I mean, just considering the circumstance, Stanley Cup champs, national television, in Vegas, that's a statement win right there. And the way they did it, besides that one goal, the way they did it, that third period was shut down hockey. Love it. Mm, felt good. Let's get to a couple of you guys. Ian. Sees you connecting. What's up, Ian? You there? All right, looks like you're still muted. Hello? 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 Oh, he's there. What's up? No. In conclusion, up, buddy? I have a massive bone right now. <laughs> but all seriousness, though, um, coming in hot, okay, bro. This game was sexy, dude. Right? I don't even know what to say. Well, I'm happy we didn't embarrass I mean, ourselves on national TV, like the Lakers. Dude, they did. They did the opposite of that. It was more or less. I mean. I don't want to use the word embarrassment, but if, if it was a shutout, that's why I wanted that shutout so bad. If it was a shutout, it would have been an embarrassment to the Golden Knights on national TV, but hey, I'll take the 4-1 dub. And, and Talis, man, he's been he's been on fire. Talis been... Right? Dude, I don't even know about... like Everyone was like making fun of us when he signed him and shit, but he's just proving all the haters wrong right now. Proving all the haters wrong. He's proving, he's proving. You know, he's proving wrong. Is all those all those haters? But he's. I mean, Rob Blake is proving a lot of people wrong right now too. I mean, because those are the question marks that everybody had, and it was his decision to bring in Talbot. I mean, yeah. I mean, Talbot's been he's been good of his career. It's not like he just found some random goalie off the shelf. I mean, this is a goalie that's been in the league for a while, and sure, he's had some bad years these last few years. But I mean, look at the teams he was playing on. Yeah. Now he's on a good team. Like the teams that McClellan used to coach in Edmonton, those teams are pretty good. Yeah. Now he's on a good team again, and look at the way he's playing. Yeah. That's how it works, right? Dude, this win was so satisfying, like, every fashion. Mm-hmm. It's just... Everything. I don't, like... Top, top to bottom. I wish we got... That was the only downside is I wish we got that shutout, but, like, I can't find nothing wrong about this game. I really can't. Like... I mean, maybe there's, like, I'm little... Mistake. I want to ask you one question. Well, I want to ask you one question, and then I want to I want to get to some more people because there's a couple people that want to talk today. I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna to start to try to get some more people, but I want to ask you a question and have you answer it, and then I'm gonna answer it. But what do you think of the Dubois line? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of um, I mean he's he's not um showing up to that contract. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a big contract, and he's not showing. He's not making the, the contract with it. Or high, right? Yeah, his expectations are high, are high but, and he's not really showing it. But hopefully, as the season goes along, he um he basically uh, 
shows that contract, like basically lives up to that contract that he signed. So, okay, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, but he's not like, like he's not, he's not like tearing it up, amazing. Right? Like he's not like just blowing me out of the water. Now, if that makes sense. No, it does. That's yeah, well. All right, yeah, well, I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, gonna... I'll hop on. I'll hop off here so I can let other people talk. Yeah, I appreciate you, bud. Have a good one. You too. Dude, I mean, the thing is, I've had, I've seen a lot of the, the conversation around the Dubois line, and I'm, like, I'll be honest. Hasn't been great. I don't think it's been bad. There's been moments, yeah, kind of question marks. But, I mean, I thought some of his game tonight was was pretty good. Eddie Olchek even did like a little run around about his decision to carry the puck or kind of dump the puck into the zone and kind of eat time a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, that's a goal. You would like to see more, but so I get that part. And I'm obviously was a big proponent of the trade. I, I love the trade. I'd do it a hundred times over again because I think his presence alone in the lineup has solidified that spine of the LA Kings, right? I mean, they were talking about, center depth like how, how it matches up so well against the golden knights and even just his presence i mean that's a big body to just kind of throw out there and you just hope they get in sync a little bit more i'm starting to see like as, as much as i'm like a big like laferrier fan i'm starting to see those rookie moments come into play a little bit more also too you have to remember we've been seeing this team just play on the road the last few games so they head back home get last change get better matchups for those for those players that probably need it, like a Fiala, Laferriere, the ones that maybe a little less skilled in the defensive zone, if you know what I mean, get better matchups and maybe better offensive opportunities. We'll see what happens. Lee, what's up, bud? Get you in here. Hey, what's up? Hey, Jim. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Pretty thick game. Pretty thick game. I was really rooting for Talbot there, but you know what? Yeah, amazing game. Amazing game by him. He was just everywhere the puck was going to be, way before it was there. Exactly how you want to see him play. Like, economical, not flailing around, just right in front of It was like, it felt like every, like, especially like every point shot that, like, you, like last season, the beginning of the year, it's like you see a shot get taken and just like, I cringe a little bit, like, thinking like, oh, crap, like, what's going to happen yeah. here? But like now, I watch like a shot get taken by Petrangelo or, or whoever, and I'm like, oh, Towns is back there. Yeah, and even that high slush, uh, slot shot from Carlson that ended up beating him, he was in the right place. Carlson just picked a corner. Oh, that was his He couldn't get out fast high enough, slot. that's going to happen sometimes. But it, he's, he's playing out of his mind. Spence had his best game as a king. Dude. Not even close. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you mentioned Spence because, dude, I mean, those first two assists that he had. Yeah. And they were talking about him a lot and about his shot. And I don't know. If anybody had seen it, but like Clark, he had mentioned it in that Mike Depp episode on, or on the during development uh, camp, and he always talks about how Spence always won that like hardest shot drill that they had, they had, and we saw it. Yeah, and we haven't seen that much. Like even when he has been taking shots, they haven't been that great. And that's the thing too. Like I mentioned earlier when I was talking when I started, is like how comfortable they felt with like the Lazat line late in the oh, game. Yeah. I mean, I saw Spence in England out there a couple times, too. So yeah. that's McClellan just kind of trusting his, his guys. Yeah, that was line. Going back now three or four games, they keep getting – because they were on the road, they keep getting matched up against the other team's top line every time 
the other team gets an opportunity. And three out of those four games, I don't know about tonight, but three out of those four games, they outpossessed the other team's top line in their minutes against them. How crazy. It's nuts. How crazy is that? The team, like, the team thinks that they're just going to get an easy matchup against the fourth line, and they're getting dominated. Unfortunately, they just realized like, what, gonna... what the real easy matchup was a couple of times. But <laughs> I mean, you're, you're starting to think like you're, maybe Dubois is going to get those tough matchups. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll see. With Vegas did that. <laughs> but I mean, like, at, yeah, at home, I think it'll change. Obviously, I think oh, it'll yeah. change. But um, uh, yeah, but it's like you when you have like a fourth line who's that reliable. Unreal. Like, what are you going to do? Like, even for like a top six, like, okay, you put your your first line against the Dubois line because you think that's a better matchup. What are you going to do with the other top six lines? It's... You can put him out there against Lazat. You can put him up against Dano or Kopitar. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna take them off Good the defensive luck. responsibility of Kopitar's line because Kopitar's line. Hundred percent. Because you're gonna put up your fourth line against the Kopitar line. Like, like we saw that happen. I think a couple times in Toronto yeah. where they were trying to figure out something to put because their fourth line and their third pair is atrocious. <laughs> Some of the worst in the their hockey. First you put Ryan. Too. You want to put Ryan Reeves out there against Phil Dano? <laughs> Trevor Moore's gonna make mincemeat out of him. Do they that top line? Like, I know we're starting to sort of like forget that how good they are. I think this was their best game too. And there were a couple of times yeah. in the second that they did get pinned because there were some change issues. But just the number of times that they toyed with whoever Vegas threw at them mm-hmm. was crazy. It was mm-hmm. so cool to see. And it, see if you agree with me on this one. But like when Quentin Byfield, his his handling of the puck, like I. I, I can't remember the last time where I've seen Quinn Byfield handle the puck and it like flubbed off his stick like we saw a couple times earlier in his yeah. career. Have, have you kind of noticed his stick yeah, handling, his stick handling and, his, and his footing? Like he's not bandy. Yeah. Like everything's Dude, just he, connected now. It's really cool to see. He's looking more and more like a complete player. Like he's putting like all the, all those like traits that we had heard about him when he was drafted, his size, his speed, his his puck handling, his playmaking, all that is starting to like come together. Yeah, he, like it's, he's like collect, he's like fucking Thanos, like collecting all of his stones <laughs> and like putting them on his gauntlet. Like right now, it's it's crazy the amount of skill he's showing. Because imagine when he gets the but, shooting yeah. one, holy shit, <laughs> dude! I know. Once he gets his shot down, he yeah, looks that, like an that's, adult. That'll be next. Level. That's what he looks like now. He looks like an adult in an adult league, and that wasn't the case last year. Just looks. He looks so comfortable, it's right? Crazy. Just every time he's on the ice. It's not even about his confidence. It's just the comfortability crazy. now. It's like, yeah, you can go out there and be confident. But it's like, hey, I, now I've been around. I've been playing around Jack Eichel a couple of times. I'm fine. Mark Stone wants to body me. Like, that's totally fine. We started to see him throw his weight a little bit around, too. I saw a couple of hips from yeah, him. Yeah, I'm crediting him with three tertiary assists tonight, even though those don't exist. It was tough. I mean, I really I, – I think he got one, though, off the empty net, right? So I, he extended that assist. I don't think he actually did. I don't know. I'll check. We'll uh, check. Uh, that's what that's that was my third tertiary assist because I don't think he actually got it, but I don't know. He did. Oh, he, did? he did get an assist on awesome. the last one. Yeah, so he extended the assist streak too. I mean, you just go up and down the line. Like, look at look at the goals. Like Kempe, Kopitar, Spence, Trevor Moore, Deneau, and Spence, Dubois, Kempe, and Fiala, and then Kopitar with Byfield. Like, just so like down the line. Crazy. Down like the, the fourth line. line didn't score for once. <laughs> and then, and and it's not even it. like they, were, they had a bad no, game. No, they had an amazing game. But like the first so nine well. games of the season, there was a, a very weird scoring disparity between the bottom and the top of the lineup. And that's that's disappearing because PLD got on the board. Kempe started scoring. Kopi was always kind of scoring, but now he's scoring more. 
and and mm-hmm. well, it'd been like it'd been like Carl Grundstrom. Yeah, it was a lot of Grundstrom and Lewis and Moore and 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 even um, Lizotte, you know, chipped in a couple and Deno still hasn't mm-hmm. really, but we won't talk about that. But I, I don't know how many assists Deno has. I know. But it seems like every time Moore <laughs> scores, it's because right of Phil Deno. That line, made I don't the care. Like I don't care how the points are distributed. I, I don't care in general how the points are distributed. But it's nice to see the top six clicking a little bit more. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, and then I'm yeah. going to do the same thing I did to Ian. And then I'm going to move on to the next person. So Victor Arvidsson comes back. What do you do? <sighs> Part of me, the topic. I, a I don't, big part so, of me wonders if it's real quick. I don't, I don't, yeah. real quick. I don't know what the timetable is. It could be a long time. It could be right. a short time. Who knows? But I did, I did actually see Arvidsson at practice, kind of just watching practice. So he was around the facility. So he's and he's on his feet. So, but yeah, he's on his feet. So I don't know what the timetable is. I, I, part so, right, a, part of me wonders if he even gets a chance to come back before the Kings make a trade with his cap it. Okay. So I think they're just kind of waiting for that. I, moment. Yeah, I mean. I, but he's the most movable contract on this team because he's not coming back. Next so you year. think? Okay, what? Do you, so you think they just trade him? They don't bring him back on the team. I at think all. it's very possible. Again, it depends on if you know the, if okay. if he's being traded to a team that wants a piece that's going to work for them. Now maybe he has to wait until he comes back. If he's just part okay, of the salary dumps, then maybe not. Let me change. Let me change the question for you then. Let's say that Rob Blake figures out a way to fit him in the, the salary cap, and oh. and he's he's in the lineup. What's that decision? Um, then the decision I think really comes down to Kalia. I don't think it. I don't know. It's an incomplete question because we just don't. We love what Laferriere is bringing, but we don't know what that line is at five on five. And I think a lot of it comes down okay. to that because Laferriere could be a very useful fourth line forward for for a while. Like, we don't want him there forever, but his game lends itself very well to fourth-line minutes. Yeah. So if you, you know, move Kaliev up and then you move Arvidsson back into the nice line and then you move Laferriere down, I think that works. Okay. I see it. Then you you, you taking out Grunstrom or Lewis? Uh, No, I take out Lewis. I don't care who's on there outside. Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here. I'm I'm going to hop on to the next person here. Thanks. Have a good one, buddy. Take care. Oh, is this the Rink Lords? Let's hop, let's hop you in here. Rink Lords. Is this Connor? Holy smokes. Russ, what a game. What's up? Is that this Connor? is Connor. What's up, man? Wow. Uh, when's the last time you have seen not one, uh, the Kings win on a national televised game? And then uh, I did miss your first, like, 30 minutes because I really wanted to hear, like, Anson Carter, uh, Lundquist, uh, just talk about these talk about, our take, guys. Talk about these guys. Um, maybe I missed this, but is anyone else not talking about that this is probably the best game that we've seen Jordan Spence? Uh, they, yeah, we, you guys covered that? So we touched on – no, so we touched on just, just actually a little bit, but, dude, I'd love to talk about Spence some more because <sighs> – I mean, we talked about his shot and how we, how, how much we've seen it, but I mean, I think his overall game is just improving I, game by game, night by I night. I think you and I maybe touched about this one of the last games, but I mean, obviously he's not Kale McCarr, but is there another guy on this team that has that lateral movement across the blue line? He just gets... You, you know what No, I was just saying that like, there's no other Kings Demon that can move that laterally, and he gets in just dangerous areas so feasibly even against top guys like he's not phased and that's what we learned about him in Ontario he just doesn't get phased at the level he's at 
And just being able to move that laterally, that takes some cojones. Dude, his footwork is special, like special out there. Absolutely. His, his, like, it's, it's his ability to move the puck on the blue line is insane. But it's, it's funny because I, like, I was thinking like during the game when he was making, like, making some pretty good plays. Like, I'm thinking like, dude, like, this isn't even like our best, our, our secret weapon yet. Like, we, he's Brent Clark still in the AHL just kind of toying with him down <laughs> That's there. That's true. And he's just, which is, which is, which is totally fine, by the way. Like, I'm totally fine. Give Clarky as much time as he needs in the AHL. Like, Spenny is playing really well. Keep Spence up here. Like, give him time. Obviously, Roy is around for one more year. We'll see what happens. I want him to stay, but who knows? And then you just give Clark, like, that full year of pro hockey just to kind of get used to it. So that way, when he does maybe make his arrival, or maybe he comes in the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah. But if he does make his arrival, yeah. and I, uh, then he's ready. To, to add on to, like, kind of what, where, like, the question you had for Lieb, uh, honestly, I, I love the guy, but I, I think when it comes to crunch time down the stretch, when teams really tighten things up down the stretch – I, I got to say that uh, Lafayette uh, La being on no waivers, you, you just put Arvidsson back in the lineup and imagine that line with Dubois with a righty, with an established righty. It's nothing to no knock against Lafayette, but I'm not taking Lewis off the PK. That fourth line is clicking. Like you said, that's probably arguably the best fourth line in hockey. And then you add Arvidsson to this lineup and then you put that righty on the number one unit. I, I'm going to take that playoff experience. I mean, he was a horse for Nas- Nashville mm-hmm. obviously years ago, but it's nothing against Lafayette. It's not getting like he's getting moved down to Ontario as like a demotion for his poor play. It's just, I want to establish playoff presence and it's only going to get tougher down the stretch. And the Kings power play, as we know, like the top unit took multiple rounds this game where the second unit would start out. It's not like they're not clicking, but the second unit just has a lot of options. And like you said, QB's really grown, but imagine that Arvidsson back on that top unit, having a righty moving Dubois back down to the second unit. I mean, I'd rather have Arvidsson in the lineup. It's nothing against Lafayette. It's just I want established talent that has got, gone the rounds, played deep into a season. It's not a knock on Lafayette. It's just I can only imagine what that line looks like with Fiala, Arvidsson, who have chemistry with Dubois. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Dude, dude, I 100% agree with you. I mean, obviously, I've been, like, a, such a big fan of Lafayette since he came in. And, like, his play, like, I think it's been great. I mentioned, like, I think when I first started, like, we're starting to see those rookie moments come into play a little bit. Like, just not, like, bad decisions, but, like, just, uh, like, okay, maybe do this instead or, or that. We're starting to see those come into his game a little bit. And, like, the reason why I think it's it's not, like, the worst decision for LaFerrier is because he wasn't supposed to be here. He was, like, this is, like, a total surprise, right? Like, he like his play in the preseason and in the rookie tournament, like, going back to that, is what propelled him to be in this situation. And he's still, this is a rookie. He's like, this literal just stopped, like hopped off college, like moved out of Harvard and all of a sudden to LA. And now he's playing pro hockey, like in the NHL. Like what the hell? Yeah. So dude, if you add Victor Arvidsson, like I, I think Victor Arvidsson is one of the more, like he's really underrated defensively. And I think if you add him to that Dubois line, he helps with a lot of maybe decision. And I'd be curious to see, I don't know if they play a lot together, but, I'd be curious to see how Arvidsson and Fiala mesh because obviously they've been teammates for a long time going back to Nashville. I have to look back to they played a lot together last year. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Arvidsson back on that top unit for the power play. That would be that would be much. Oh, that yeah, be, that's, that's kind of what they're missing. Look at them. They're, they're like, I'm pretty sure they're like middle of the pack at the power play. And that's kind of what carried, not carried them, but they were just exceptional last year. 
And I think, I mean, I don't always follow J fresh models, but they're so close to like not overplaying out of their skin, not underplaying out of skin because they're, they're like middle of the pack on the power play. They're really good on the PK this year, but it's not like they're relying on the power play <laughs> oils, oilers, but it's just, it, they've just, they've been so consistent five on. And most of that game was played five on five until that really uh, odd penalty that was called on Fiala, which I still kind of confused. It was like skate on skate, but, and it's funny because I was really telling uh, my guys here at the watch party that it was just, Fiala is one of those guys that you just, you allow to take those bad penalties because there's not a more like dynamic five on five play driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had two on one that he stopped up didn't shoot past the hash marks and waited for that Dubois wide open look. There's not, I mean, maybe Kopi pulls that move, but there's not many players that are going to pull that move with that much patience. Dude, you're totally right. I mean, you live and die by Fiala. Like that's what it is. And he takes like that, that penalty on him was, was totally terrible. It was awful. I'm glad Jim Fox even tweeted about it, oh, yeah. but it was terrible. But he also drew, I mean, he kind of drew Marsh show into it. He kind of goaded one into Marsh show. Why did they call so. that earlier, though? He's, like, cross-checking him and smothering him. I know. And then also, Russ, like, one of the questions I was going to ask you is that I don't like to, to crap on TNT too much, but TNT, like, I like Eddie O, but near the end there, he was like, yo, well, you know, the Kings have been doing well, but they've had a soft schedule. I'm like, they've played Vegas twice. I know, I They've played that. Colorado. They've played Carolina. They've played Boston. I was like, what? where is that soft? Yeah, no, I heard that comment. I was like, didn't they, weren't they just rated like the <laughs> highest, like our worst strength of schedule at like the first few, like five or six games or so? Yeah. Like, and they, they, there's, there's what, six, seven and oh on the road? Yeah. Like, like so what you, just because they're like, no game in the NHL should be like a gimme, except maybe like the Sharks, but like no game in the NHL or even the Oilers, are, right? But yeah, it's, they're all pretty tough games, especially the early part of the season when everybody's healthy, they're kind of getting going. I mean, I thought you think it like that win in Toronto. It's like they they weren't just wins; they've been dominating wins. That's the thing too. We're not just beating these teams; they're beating these teams. I would go five. I would go out on. I would go out on a limb and say that all three games they played on the road trip were somewhat shutout worthy, outside of like the Tim Stutz Mm -hmm. flop. I mean, the death grip behind the net for Batherson on uh, Matt Roy that hit Kopi in the face following that. Like they've played shutout worthy hockey, and you already mentioned it with the bonus give. Pay Talbot. The guy has been absolutely right. lights out. He made some high danger looks. I mean, I think he's faced like one of the highest, like our lowest, like low danger, uh, like shots per game. But I mean, he, that's, that's where he grooves. That's where he works in Todd McKellen's system. He is a low, low danger guy that if he sees a lot of low danger looks, he's going to be exceptional. And that's the King system to a T. So hundred percent. That's exactly why they were able to bring in a goalie like Talbot and feel okay. Like Rob Blake was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll get a I'll get a, a veteran guy, a guy who's experienced, who's been there before, especially who's played with McClellan before too. Like I think that's huge to have that kind of uh relationship with the coach to kinda just know what what he feels and how, how the goalie feels too. So but I love like Talbot's integrated into with his team like so well so far. Like he, he seems like he's such a lo- locker room guy. You see the like the celebrations. I, I don't know if they've sent one out today, but uh it just like I, I even asked Kopitar about it the other day, and he he didn't. I asked him who came up with it. He, he wouldn't. He was playing a little coy. He wouldn't <laughs> tell me. But he said it's just kind of they've progressed over it. But it just certainly feels like Gavrikov is in there. And that's one thing too is like you think about how this team has been built. It's been like they they preach culture, and it's been all these guys that are just so integrated within each other in terms of like relationships and like 
bonding and communication. They just feel like like the communication is there. Like we saw Drew Doughty take that block shot, and who comes out there to give him the tap on the, the shin? It's it's Cam Talbot, like the, the new guy, right? So we're seeing this team being built by guys that are not just like good players in the ice, but just fit in so well in the locker room. And that's why you see players like maybe like Brendan Lemieux gets traded away and everyone's wondering like, what are you doing that? Why, why Zach McEwen comes in? But it's like, they're focusing on guys that are helping this locker room grow together. And it's, it's, it's showing off on the ice. That's what, that's what I'm saying. No, no, absolutely. And I think, I can't remember which one of these Kings fans in here just posted, uh, that picture of like QB and Dubois having matching bracelets. And then we saw that after practice, like Spence messing around Mm -hmm. with Lafayette and Fiala. It's like, I don't remember the last time I've seen these guys like this gelled. Uh, It's it's just great. And I hope somewhere right now in Vegas, probably hopping on the bus or the plane is Rob Blake cracking open a cold one with a shit eating grin on his face for like, well, can you believe (laughs) most of the league was like, well, the goaltending is going to be a problem. And you know what? I don't, I still think that, you know, we haven't seen the best from Copley yet. He's had a couple of rough starts, but what is he played only in two games? And yeah. we, we yeah. have yet to see, and he's going to give you like average stuff, like league average goaltending, and that's fine. We need that from a backup, but I, I'm just very happy with this team. Lost words. I, I'll, I'll let, I'll give the, so I'll good, give man. the mic to someone else. I'll see you Saturday, <laughs> Russ. All right, buddy. See you, bud. Sounds good. Have a good Me one. Too. Love it. Let's keep it. Oh, I see Richard been waiting. Richard, I know you've been waiting, my man. What's up, buddy? Mike is yours. You there? What's up, Richard? How you doing, man? What's up, Rose? How you been? I've been good. I've been good. You know, this is... What did you think of the game today? I think this fucking game was fucking fantastic because I hate Vegas. And I wanted revenge. I said it earlier. I wanted revenge. I wanted Kobe to get his 400th goal, and I got both. So it feels like Christmas already. I'm going to ask you this because I feel like you're a good person to ask this. Who do you I'll give you multiple choice? I'm going to give you uh, multiple choice. So I'm going to give you three three uh, chances or three. Options. All right. Who do you think? Who do you think is the Kings' biggest rival right now? Is it Vegas, Anaheim, or Edmonton? I'm going to say um, Edmonton just because of the the playoff history. Okay. And I, yeah, I think I think a lot of people would agree. So with they're, you. They're, I would too. they're my number one hated rival right now. I really, really hate them, but I'm really like laughing at them right now because they're garbage. And and it'd be hilarious if they actually miss the playoffs entirely. And <laughs> and uh, see if they miss the playoffs, and then we end up oh, play, and then we end up playing Vegas in the playoffs, and we beat them. For me, that's like a Stanley Cup victory almost for me. So I'm like that. That would be great. But I mean, but I do. Dude, but I do want to rematch. <laughs> You want to read that? I know. I feel you, but I don't know. But I think I think about that too. Like we're we're only fifteen games into the season. Of course, it's kind of early right now. But yeah, but <laughs> that thought of like if Edmonton <laughs> actually misses the playoffs, be, would be insane. It'd be like, great. like it'd be great. Not even like objectively, it would just be like hilarious, right? Objectively, like not even from a Kings fan, like. An outside NHL fan, like, what? dude, you have two of the best players in the NHL, and you can. I think a lot of their, <laughs> their decisions in terms of management, some of the players they brought in have been haven't meshed very well, and some of, the, I mean, obviously they just can't make a save too. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you have two of the best players in the league, and you don't make the playoffs. Still <laughs> early. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be counting against them missing the playoffs, but it's of course it's interesting. I mean, it's funny because I would I would like to see the the reaction of their fan base because how toxic and yeah. crazy they can be. Like, 
if they get crazy over like you know regular stuff, if they miss the playoffs, who knows what what kind of stuff we're gonna hear like from the media. Oh man, and from I'm the fan base out there. I'm surprised Woodcroft didn't get fired after that game. Well, um, in Vancouver, I'm I'm pretty but, sure that by Thanksgiving, if the record is so below 500, he's gonna get fired yeah. before that. Yeah. For sure. I think I think it could be that they're trying to find maybe they're trying to find somebody because it's like you can't just I don't know how many teams just have a, a coach just ready on standby and I know they have uh, actually their assistant coach I think it's Goulton Goulton could be saying that wrong I think he's on their bench too but dude I don't yeah I don't know about the Oilers but let's get back to the Kings let's focus okay. on the Kings yeah let's focus on the Kings yeah who's who's your MVP tonight oh who's man that, that for me that's that's kind of tough. Okay, who's yours? Mine was Kempe. I just Damn. every anytime he's in Vegas, he scores. The lights are on. The lights are on. He he scores. Did he score? He didn't score tonight. He just had the two two assists. No, he scored. That's right. He did. He, did. he had a goal. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started scoring. Yeah. He did. Sorry, sorry, totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, anytime I think, he's in Vegas, it seems like he's he's on fire, right? Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you and to add to that. Also, that play at the very end, like when we were um, when they pulled their goaltender and he did that stick move when he blocked. That one shot or pass, and it went up in the air, and it, and it caused a faceoff, like towards the very end, like because so, Vegas trying yeah. to keep it in play. That right there shows that he can play both sides of the puck, not just scoring. 100%. And he showed it tonight because he made a lot of good blocks. He stole the puck a lot, and he won a lot of uh, wall battles too. So I, I like where he where his game is going, and he's only getting better. And to add to that, Byfield too has looked impressive. I think he should add like three points in this game as well right. for the stuff that he was doing. So that play he had, I'm gonna go back and find the that the entire shift from that first goal because that shift just was like incredible leading up to that first goal. It was great. It was everywhere. But, it was great. I mean, to talk about Kempe, that's the thing is like this year we're seeing and we saw a glimpse of it toward the end of last year. We're seeing him turn into this like complete player. He's not even known as a sniper anymore. He's just this all around like pure score, like and slash defender like he's turning into this two-way forward that can score at will with the shot he has he what does he have eight assists eight nine assists on the season already yeah how many had <laughs> how many have last year like 30 20 25 i don't remember but dude i mean some some of the plays that we're seeing Kempe make that that dangle he made to get oh yeah penalty, he was the penalty yeah he was over he was lower the place and that, that's the cool thing we're seeing the Evolution go from a, from a guy who's known as a sniper to a complete player that can actually make plays and get assists as well as getting thirty goals or or forty as well. I think he could do both. He could do both. And on top yeah. of that, I'm really, I'm really happy also that PLD scored tonight because a lot of people have been kind of down on him lately. And for me, it's like man, like leave him alone. Like he's only he's gonna get better. It's kind of early right now, and like what you said earlier, like about. The plays that he does away from the puck, besides the scoring, like he wins a lot of wall battles. Like tonight, mm-hmm. he blocks shots and he pushes two, three guys when they're when they jump him like easily, and he still has puck possession and he makes plays still. So mm-hmm. there's you know, like I'm like he's doing great. Like you know, obviously he could do better production yeah. wise, but for me, like he's he's great. I, I like what he's doing right now. And he's only gonna get better. I think. I think so too. I think so too. For yeah. sure, he grows with this team. I think, of course, I want to. I'm curious to see how he plays tomorrow because I want to see him with those home matchups. You get the last change, you get better matchups for him. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but yeah, it's there's there's we haven't seen bad 
Dubois. We haven't seen him play bad at all. I think any any game, there's been moments where I, we've questioned to say like, okay, maybe be a little bit better here. But I think we've also seen him play really well. Like I thought tonight he, he had a pretty good game. I thought he had a pretty good game. Yeah, he had the goal. And then he had that, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, he had those that dump in and where you're just kind of controlling play. We want to see more of that. Just be on the puck. Yeah, I want to be, yeah. I want to see Dubois be a centerman to, who wants the puck. You're a big body. You like you, you drive the net. You see, yeah. you, we've seen him literally hold a guy off with one hand and score. Yeah, and we saw. We've just seen do that. Do more of that. Do more of that. Yeah, drive it to the net, make plays. You know, win the battles and just make shit happen. That's all you got to do, really. And the, and the other thing I was gonna ask, the other thing I was gonna ask you is like, like you guys, you mentioned earlier, like Arvis is not even a lineup right now. And then, of course, you have Clark down there. Like, if we're running on eight cylinders right now with this team, can you imagine how much better, like, they can get with experience? You know, obviously, like, Spence as well. And then you have, like, Clark down there. And then you have Arvidsson back. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's, it's already crazy. It's, it's already crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Just getting started. I think this was, this was, like, their – this was the Kings coming out party to the national television that were like, hey – like we're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender right now. Like if yeah. not one of the best teams in the in the league at the it moment. Has to be a top, it has to be a top three team. I think. Do you think that's the reason why the Kings were giving uh, sixteen national games like this season, which yeah. is the most I've heard of? Because usually we get like three, maybe five, but we have sixteen this this season. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. That's They're a lot. Have- that's the most I've seen in a while. I think. I think it's gonna be. I mean, playing good hockey. Maybe we'll see some. We'll make it. We'll see them make a more opponent, opponents fans boo on national TV. That yeah, that was fun that. during that Canadian road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, Richard. I appreciate you hopping on here. I'm going to get over to. Oh, we got a couple more people that want to. All right. Talk. Thanks, Russ. Thanks for having have, me. Have a good yeah, one, man. You too, bud. Have a good night, man. Thank you. This space was downloaded via SpacesDown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Oh, got to get my boy Jason in here. Jason. Then I'm going to do a couple more. After Jason, what's up? You there? What's up, Jason? What's up, man? For those who don't know, Jason contributes to hockey royalty. He goes to some of the practices. He actually got a, a Quentin Byfield broken stick. Is that is that what you sent me? Uh, him and Leferrier. What? They both break it on the ice? Yeah, they both broke it, and then Laugh brought me both. That's sick. That's sick. I saw it's funny. I saw him after practice the other day, and they were just like wiring passes back and forth. Yeah, and I was like, dude, are they like trying to break their sticks? What's going on? That's here? how Leferrier's broke yesterday. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what are you guys doing? Just breaking two hundred and fifty dollar twigs like like it's nothing. What'd you? Hey, what'd you think of the game tonight? Fantastic. Fantastic, right? Playoff, playoff energy. Playoff energy, love it. I mean, it's like that, that kind of like uh, it, it felt like like I mentioned, like I, I was like really excited going to this game, like unreasonably for a November game. But it had that like energy. The Kings have been playing so well, like this was their chance to kind of show off on like national television. And they, they didn't let us down. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It was tight in the first two. Second, we pull ahead and then shut the door in the third. Talbot was amazing again. That third period, like, I want to go back and watch that third period, the first, like, 10 minutes or so. I mean, even after that goal that they scored, I mean, that entire third period, besides that goal, was just 
a perfect like exhibition of shutdown hockey, right? Yeah, not a exactly. lot of chances on your end, but still controlling. Like it's not like they were just like playing in their own end either. They were playing a lot of offensive zone hockey, just kind of keeping the puck away. And even I think Eddie O even mentioned it. They were like playing keep away at one point. Yeah, that's how, that's how confident they were. It was it was great. Great. It just gets me excited for the playoffs. Like needs to get here sooner. Dude, we're we're in November. It's barely November. I know. I know. We got to see still early in the year. We got to see more of this. Keep up the consistency. But I think I think we're on the verge of something special in LA. I think I oh. think in terms of the regular season, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's like we're sh- we're seeing a, a very good hockey team and a very well-coached hockey team right now. That's a team that's adapted to the system that they're running. That's that's how good that they're looking right now. So yeah. I think we're on the verge of something special. Absolutely. Who's your, like, team MVP so far throughout the year? Team MVP? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, dude, you can go so many ways with this. Oh, man. I think... I mean, I think you'd probably have to go Kopitar, right? I mean, Mikey Anderson comes to mind. Drew Doughty comes to mind. Is it, I mean, is even, it not Talbot? Oh, yeah, you could. You could go Talbot. Yeah, that's a good one. Is that is that what your t- team MVP is? Probably. Him or, I mean, Juice isn't scoring as much as we expected, but he's leading the team. He's got in points. He's got five goals playing both sides of the ice. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that entire top line, let's, let's just talk about, talk about that line. Like you think it's one of the best first lines in hockey. It's up there between the production, the back half of the ice playing defense, all three of them, the forecheck, the pressure, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Just you feel totally confident seeing them on the ice. Oh, like absolutely. Right you, you see that. You see 11 out there. You see 55. You see nine. Like, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. Absolutely. And <laughs> this then, is going to be four, 45 seconds of fun for us and torture for the other team. That's what it yeah. was. It's like the thing with Quinn Byfield, too, is like his his reach is just alone. is just like an extra like feet or two or extra couple of feet of forecheck ability. Like yeah, seen that a couple of times. He'll just lead in with his stick, and and sometimes I'd like to see him leading with his body a little bit. But I understand why he's leading out there with a stick is because he's got that long reach to just disrupt. Yeah, and I'm sure he's taking notes from Gavrikov on that. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a good, that's a good person to take notes of. Yeah, but Gav, even Gavrikov with is a wall, even with that first line like going out for a defensive faceoff, Kopitar gets thrown out of the circle via or. Byfield is a center naturally. He can. Mm-hmm. I trust him to take defensive faceoffs too. Yep. I mean, you look at uh, like that. That's something that uh, I remember Daryl Sutter used to cherish: is having that extra center on lines, that versatility, so you can win those. Like, let's say Kopitar, like you mentioned, Kopitar's out. I mean, same thing with like all the lines. That maybe not so much on the Dubois line, but even like Blake Lazat, Trevor Lewis is there. Yep. Phil know Trevor Moore's there. I yeah, mean, he's, he's seen more win faceoffs. He's been winning plenty lately. I don't know mm-hmm. where that came from, but I don't take too much into faceoffs, but like to have that like I think there's more needs to be focused in terms of like the actual statistic 
I would like to see more focused on like situational face-offs, like maybe face-offs in your own zone with like less than two minutes left. Like who's, who's, what's the highest percentage of that person? Yeah, absolutely. Like that would be a cool stat to know. Is like who's winning those face-offs? One, one goal game situational, like where's, where's the face-off being taken? I want to know who's, who's winning the majority of those face-offs. I don't really care who's winning the opening draw. Like it is what it is. Yeah, but like you give me those more situational statistics. I think that'd be something a little bit more take into account. Yeah, when it comes to the score, the time, or special teams, you're wanting to win power play or penalty kill faceoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know they. Sparks. I know they track faceoffs on the power play. That would be something to look into too. Penalty kill faceoffs. I mean the penalty kill, right? Both. What the penalty I mean, kill? Look, but no, I mean in terms of the Kings penalty kill. How did it do? Good, right? Yeah. No, it looks fantastic again. I mean, it's, it's, it's a contrast, stark contrast of last year. Oh, I don't absolutely. Know, like, I'd love to try to, like, dive into film a little bit and try to see exactly what's changed. But it's, like, it almost just feels like a little bit more of, like, communication in terms of, like, the personnel on the ice. I know, like, every time there's a penalty on the Kings, the first two people on the ice – for forwards or Blake Lazat and Trevor Lewis every time. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm cool with that. And then you could either have Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty or Gavrikov and Roy. Maybe that's the reason we're winning. We're, we're killing a lot of penalties. Yeah. And I think it helps. Like, I don't know if it's true, but I'm seeing it to where everyone on the kill is so much more active than last year. No one's standing around in one spot. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Hundred percent. I think that was something I noticed actually on the first time they practiced it in the off season or the preseason is is that pressure that we hadn't really seen a lot of. It'd be like okay, let's let's collapse and kind of take away the middle, but those it would just like suffocate and they'd just creep and creep and creep. And we saw that a lot a lot against Edmondson, but now this pressure. I mean, because that's what a lot of these skins. That's what was so frustrating is watching this penalty kill last year is because you have like the players that should be good in those situations. You have Trevor Moore, Phil Deneau, Blake Lazat. You even had Alex Iafala at the time last year. Yeah. And they just weren't, weren't good. So maybe a little bit more has to do with the system or the presence of Trevor Lewis and Blake Lazat now playing together. But Pelican's kill's it, looking nice. Is it the same special teams coaches last year? I know Jim Hiller's doing the power play still. Is it same PK Same coaches. Team? Same coaches. I think, I don't know if Trent Yanni is the one who does it, but same coaches. I think McClellan kind of spearheaded that a little bit, actually. He, he was the one who's kind of running those practices. We see, I see Hiller running the power play, but McClellan is the one that's kind of running the, the penalty kill. So maybe he's taking a little bit more of an approach on that one. Whatever they're doing, it's working. It is working. I remember that was the. That was like the number one thing that McClellan even he even told the media at the I remember at the end of the season last year the exit interviews he said one of you's got to ask us about our penalty kill you can tell that that was something that was just frustrating him probably all summer long and he probably couldn't wait to get to work on that yeah and it's starting to pay off he came out and asked that to the media yeah he said one of you's got to ask me about the penalty kill at some point wow because I mean that's <laughs> You think about it, just that's what Edmonton killed them on. And and it wasn't because like nobody was going to ask it. Like I'm sure it was gonna happen eventually, but it was like early on in the conf- press conference and he's like 
like just he, he he it was like coming out of his ears the the frustration of the penalty kill. He just had to talk about it. Yeah, but you man, see the penalty kill is looking the way it's looking now is looking pretty good. Yeah, you could see the smoke coming out of his ears. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jason, I'm gonna hop over to a couple more people. I'm gonna do two more. I'm gonna get out of here. Sounds good. All right, bud. Have a good night. You too. Let's get it over to OC Steve. OC Steve. What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, it was kind of funny, dude. I was talking to my brother that lives up in NorCal as the game was going on, and we were just kind of chit-chatting back and forth. And he's like, man, we really need to see some play out of that Dubois guy. I, I haven't seen a lot of him. And then that's when he scores a goal and texts me right after we were done talking. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We need to talk it's, about Dubois more then. <laughs> it's so funny because... Like, obviously, like, I see the conversation. Like, I understand it. Like, I, I we talked about Dubois earlier and his play of late. How you, maybe you could want to see more. I don't think he's been bad, but just want to see a little bit more. Just, and I was thinking about that. Just to spark up, man. And, like, you know, like, he's there, and obviously, you know, Fiala's feeding him. But just, like, kind of the highlight reel that we've seen him from doing everything. Like, I was stoked on the whole fact that he is a center that uses his body and takes puck possession into the offensive zone. We saw, and that's the thing, was we saw some of that tonight. We saw some of those plays where it's like, okay, he's in the corner, and the puck is just not going to be taken away from him. We saw that, and you just, like, want to see more of that. But, like, it's so funny, like, like all that, that, that the conversation is starting to sprout up, and, of course, he's like, the goal he scores is just him standing on the side, and the puck just happens to come to him, and he just taps it in. And it's like, oh, well at least he's scoring and it's like, okay, well, like what, how, how much is he scoring? But I think, I think we'll see better. I'm curious to see how, like I said, I'm curious to see how he plays tomorrow at home. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, really looking I mean, forward to it. And we both live in Orange County. So we, we deal with a lot of chirping. I mean, I work for a family owned company that they're all season ticket holders for the ducks. So when they beat the Knights this last weekend, they were all shoving it in my face. <laughs> Like to it's no like, and to no end, and they're like, "Well, we hope you guys can get it done tonight because we did." <laughs> the Ducks just grasp any sort or sense of like winning, and they just have to let the world know. Yeah, it, I think you you know, like you could just live here in Orange County, minding your own business, and you're just wearing a sweater because it's game day. And there will be somebody, and I'm not even saying the OC Karen, like just somebody out of nowhere, like just spurts out of nowhere, like, oh, the Ducks are better. And you're like, I didn't even talk to you. <laughs> I think I think they're good. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think we'll see them be better this year. But I think a lot of their, like, if you look at a lot of their underlying statistics, and, and I don't want to, like, delve too much into it because they're winning and it's the Ducks, obviously. But I think we'll see them come back in the form a little bit. It's just it's just typical duck behavior when they're on a run. And then I'm like, just wait for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> we'll see it happen. Well, and but that's what? how the, the broadcast was tonight, dude. Like all the NHL, all the, well, you know, the Kings have had an easy schedule. Like, yeah, I, huh? I heard that too. I was like, that. like I looked up and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, like it, it just like, it frustrates me to no end. Like, Oh, like, well, cause we're expected to beat these teams. Like, and it's not even the fact that they're beating him. They're beating them on the road off of, like, what, four-game what road trip? Speed, and they're 6-0 and on the road, and they're not even just, like, squeaking by. They're dominating these teams. Dominated the Maple Leafs. Dominated the Senators. They got lucky with two goals. 
absolutely destroyed the Flyers. And maybe that's not that funny anymore because they lost the Sharks. But even tonight, like this, that's why I said this was a statement win because you have those comments that are being made by national television analysts. But then they go in and they beat the, the Stanley Cup champs, almost shut them out in their own building for their second regulation loss, their first loss at home. Like this is this is who the Kings are. They are a legitimate Stanley Cup team that should be considered one of the best teams in the NHL right now, if not the best team in the NHL right now. But you know what, dude? On the flip side, like go ahead, underestimate yeah, exactly. us. That's that's, what... that's that's where I let the other shoe drop, and I'm like, go ahead, dude underestimate the kings and then when we get far then you have nothing to say i'm so i'm dude i'm so fucking glad you said that because it's so funny i was at practice talking with zach Dooley, and we were talking about like if you think about it like look at the entire pacific division it's just on fire there's the oilers the flames like even like oh they're they're just terrible and then you have the canucks and, and the ducks that are like winning games and they're like oh they're the fun story and then the Golden Knights were just on fire. The Kings were just doing their thing. Just right in the middle. No ho-hum. Just getting the job done. Nobody really talking about them. And, like, me and Julie were talking about that. It's like, they're just like a non-story right now. Because, like, the fun stories in Anaheim. The fun stories of Vancouver. The, the funny, yeah, but, the really but funny on the flip side of Anaheim. all of that, we're used to it, man. 100%. And that's the thing. is like, even when the Kings won the Cup, no, they weren't a, a glamour team. They weren't the team, well, the, the, the shiny team. And that's what my brother and I were talking about. It's just the way how we've restructured ourselves for this year is very reminiscent of the 2012 year. We're you not with more just the attitude, the play, like the, the very small little piece that we've seen sample size of what we've had of the season is very vibe wise reminiscent of it it's not going to be like a darling team you're not going to see amazing goals you're not going to see Connor mcdavid level shit but if we can get there it's very reminiscent to what we built in 2012 and even my brother said like it's very reminiscent to what st louis did was it a good looking team no but they got the job done dude this is a team that's built built very uh very much like the team in 2012 structure uh, defensively is built very like that but this is a team that can also score that team couldn't really score this team can score they're getting good goaltending they're playing sound uh, defensive hockey and then they're scoring goals on top of it that's the yeah team. i mean like for the sample size that we've seen the real thing that's going to be the test is like you know phoenix is going to go in tomorrow night they can't burn talbot out yeah that's the thing so it you agree that Phoenix Copley or Copley's going to start tomorrow? I think that's kind of a given, right? Well, or he go. He can't play him back to back with his yeah. age, and especially after coming back from Philly, giving him and Drew the day off day. So you know, it's, like it's it's kind of tough because I I don't want to say it's it's a it feels like a big game for Copley tomorrow. It, it, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like it. It is a big game for Copley tomorrow because you come off this high of beating the Stanley Cup champs on national TV. You go back home the next night, and the number one goaltender in Talbot has been just on fire, playing lights out. Team's been winning. The backup goalie, he knows he know, he knows it's his game tomorrow. They've, they've told him. So he sees the win. He sees the locker room. Now they're going to turn to him. And this is going to be a big game for Copley to see if he can kind of show that, hey, I can be that reliable guy if you need to turn to to give Talbot a rest. So I think that'll be 
the player to I honestly think that this is a game that is a proving game for him. I agree with you that. And if he performs lights out tomorrow night, then he needs to play in Philadelphia because we really need to rest Talbot. <laughs> Just play him against the, the lesser competition. I don't mind that. Actually, no, but I well. think that you need to have him play both games just for the fact it's like, dude, you at least got to carry 30 games and you got out of those 30, we at least need you to win like 15 or 20 of them. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But then you got to consider, I think after that game, they have a four day break. So yeah. you're giving, I think you give Talbot that game and then you give him that break. So it's like, if you sit Talbot, I understand it because you're playing against Philly. Like it's, they seem pretty bad right now, but then Seven days off of it would be like almost not seven days, but like six days off from playing. Feels like a long time for a guy who's kind of in the zone right now, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that our our you know our Achilles heel right now is the other goalie. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to try this to is him, right? this is the time to figure it out early in the season and go and try to go sort Cal out and see if it's worth keeping on. Like I don't I don't want to discard the baby in the bathwater at the same time too. But it's like there's no point in sending him down to Ontario if we can give him these games to build up his confidence. Uh, 100%. I just think right now it's like almost like a, like a, like a surprise gift if Copley goes out there and performs well. I think you just kind of ride Talbot as much as you can. You don't give him the back-to-backs, obviously. You don't – maybe you, you kind of – rest him if there's like a road trip and you get two maybe lesser teams who knows but that's why i focus I, I point to like none of that that conversation totally changes if copley plays bad tomorrow then it's like okay now what now talbot has to play every game like which, like, which uh, we can't do that and truth be told man i know we dominated in philly but philly's coming in and they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder and i don't need them taking it out on cam talbot in the form of cheap Tortorella play, like taking runs at him. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. Which, hey, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to move on to our last uh, speaker. Who was your MVP tonight? Who was your first star? It has like to be Talbot. It has to be Talbot in my mind. Because he, dude, for what we paid for him, we're getting dividends already early out the gate. Oh, man. It's been. For a million dollars, we're getting the third star of the week. Second, second star of the week, three zero and zero in a shutout. What is he? Four zero and zero now. Yeah, so I mean, you can't complain for what we paid for the price point. He's playing like he has something to prove. That you know, like a lot of people have written him off like a bad check, and it's easy with his age. But hey, man, if the guy has something to prove, he came here for a reason. He's sti- you know he's putting his money where his mouth is, and he's performing, and he he's already saved Phoenix one or if not twice now in a form of a game. Dude, yeah, it's just diamond in the rough. What Talbot has been, yeah, he was and it's that locker room tonight. presence. Was the number two start, start. Yeah, dude, it, it, it's like quick. They like, gave Carson I'm, a star. And he's fucking home. Yeah, Riders. whatever. <laughs> but at the same point, it's like we lost a big locker room leader trading quick yeah and i think talbot can bring that and he's doing it with helping out like we don't need to have shut down defensemen in front of him we just need to make sure that he does his job and they do their job it doesn't need to be anything phenomenal it just needs to be sound all the way around 100 percent. i mean we don't need the shutdown defensemen but we're getting the shutdown defensemen <laughs> yeah so the, i mean the if, defensive if, core is playing insane right now matt roy just hushing away pucks 
like Mikey Anderson just shooing them away like a like a, a fly. Like the way that they're just defending the the blue line or even odd man rushes, it's like Cam Talbot. Like he, it's making his job easier, but he's Cam, Cam Talbot's also still performing and making those saves that we just didn't see at the beginning of last year. We just never saw those saves being made. And well, I, I think it, it goes down to it, like. Like, I always joked with my wife, Quick had the demon eyes. Like, you could tell when he was in the zone, and he was just ready to play, and he put it on, and he delivered. Like, Talbot has the same level of intensity. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's in here to game. win. He came to L.A. to win. He came to L.A. to win. And, and he's 36, so this might be, in all honesty, his last shot at it. Could be. Could be. All right. All right, buddy. I'm going to move on to our last one, and then we're going to get out of here. But I appreciate you hopping on here, man. Thanks, Russ. Always a good one. Hey, let me know you, when you go to a game. Hit me up. Say what's up. Ontario, probably. <laughs> okay. I'll try to make it out there. All right, dude. All right. We're going to end it with Jacob. Dude, tonight was money. I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow night's game. I think I think it'll be a good one. I mean, the last, what was the last? All right. All right last can year, you hear me, Russ? Penguins game. Kempe had four goals. What's up, Jacob? How you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for, uh, for having me on for starters. Um... Yeah, man. I want to say, firstly, Cam Talbot, uh, what a great sort of stretch run he's had. Now, I'm fortunate enough, I actually live in Melbourne, Australia, so I got to watch him in those two, oh, in that yeah. preseason game, uh, the Hell second yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Um, and he looks awesome, very, man. very good. Can I ask you? Yep. Can I ask you a question? How, how did you become a Kings fan? Uh, grandmother lives in Selkow. Lives in uh, the Valley. Okay. So, uh, yeah, grew up a hockey fan, which my first game in the 06-07 season uh, when I came out to visit my family. So, yeah, come out every couple of years, try and get a Kings game in when I'm there. And, uh, yeah. And look, how, how stoked were you when you found out they were going to Melbourne? It, it was a nuts experience. Um, the entire <laughs> it, the entire week was bizarre. Um if we even at a clothing store, we had the cup and campaign and uh, Q, Juice and Q did a couple of interviews with Anthony uh-huh. Carter. Out of that, I ended up getting a, a piece written or I contributed to an NHL.com piece. So I ended up getting a photo done on that. So just that entire week, uh, I got to see oh, Luke yeah. Robitaille again. I got to see uh, uh, Kelly Cheeseman as well, who I caught up with at a, at a event, a pre-game event. And just with open practice, mm-hmm. it was just a really, it was, I think the greatest thing to as well, not just for Kings fans, but for hockey fans was just showing mm-hmm. the market, the hockey market that's in Australia. It's nuts. You were getting 13,000 people for both games. You get about 2,500 to 3,000 people for a hockey, for a, for a local hockey game uh, during the finals weekend. It was just really nice to show that on a, on an international stage. So it was really good. That's that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. I hadn't yet to actually talked to. I, there, I know some other Kings fans that follow me from Australia, but that's really cool. Did you get to meet any of the players? Yeah, so I met uh, I met Q and uh, and Juice at this at this uh, clothing store where they were literally doing like a couple Q and As as part of sort of the media tour that NHL put out. Um, other than mm-hmm. that, it was yeah, just mostly it was media personnel. As I said, Nick Kaftanika from NHL.com. Uh, I did run into. Uh, Foxy and Nick, because the broadcast crew were actually on oh, the nice. uh, they were on the level one floor where the entrance was to the stands. So you they were just kind of talking amongst the fans. That was just how it was set up. 
So it was quite, it was quite <laughs> cool to see. And obviously, as a quick insider, I'm also a, a Collingwood supporter. So having all those guys uh, wearing their Collingwood scarf going from, to, to the Aussie rules the night before was a nice little touch as well. So <laughs> it's just cool for them to see, that's, that's, to see them take it in. That's awesome, man. I mean, even like it seemed like that. I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I knew anything about Aussie rules football or even like all that down there. But it seemed like. I was like, wanted to, I wanted to get into it. Like those, that stadium was like packed. Yeah, like, ninety-five thousand people. Uh, oh was a one-point game, and what a lot of people won't know from an, as you could probably guess with the score, it's quite a high-scoring or a very often-scoring game. Yeah. No one scored for the final eight and a half minutes, so we're all just sitting there with a one-point wow. lead, trying to not die. <laughs> just going, please, just hold on. <laughs> we're just please hold on. That's awesome. But no, it was That's great. Awesome. It was great to see. Um. It was great to see the team uh, game one and two, and I think onto a couple other points before. I think we are kind of waiting for a Phoenix Copley breakout or a Phoenix Copley calm the fan base sort of game. He didn't look too good in that preseason game either. By the Logan Cooley just dances everybody goal, <laughs> he gave up. I mean that goal was insane. Yeah, but that for the. First one that he gave up, if I'm not mistaken, was Keller hitting it off his pad and off the post. We've seen a couple of times him just not getting across, I guess, quick enough. And his angles have been a mm-hmm. bit off to begin with. Uh, so it'd just be really good to see that. But Cam's been phenomenal. Cam's just been phenomenal to watch this past, mm-hmm. I guess, week and a half now. Um, just confident, right? Just feels so good with Talbot in there at this point. Like, it's not even like, oh, like, I don't know what's going to happen with our goaltending right now. I'm just like, hey, if Talbot's starting, if, let's roll. If you could ride him 50, 55 games, fantastic. If you can give him that uh-huh. sort of – he's definitely going to be 1A. The question is, do you – we want to obviously limit him from what he had that Oilers year that made the playoffs, which I believe was 62 games he played that year. And you saw it at the end, he ended up getting burnt out by the time it got to, you know, the later ends of round two. So if you could, tr- so if we could get, uh, obviously, Copley tomorrow, and I do assume, well, you'd have to assume he'll probably get the start against Philly as well, I'd say, Phoenix gets probably another run there. You'd like to see two or That'll three good games out of that. Um, I guess the biggest question I've got, because there's been a lot of talks about what happens when, when RV comes back into the lineup, whenever that will be. Uh-huh. I personally have found the Ferrier to be very good. Yeah, the rookie mistakes are there, but I find him to be contributing on that third line, or at least being a presence. Is this now raising questions of, do we need to see more out of Kaliev 5 on 5? Because I, I notice Kaliev every time on the power play, but when it comes to five on five, I noticed Dano, I noticed Trevor Moore, and then who's the third guy that I always somehow forget. And it just seems to be uh-huh. very, I don't know if he's not clicking or if maybe moving him back with Fiala and Dubois will be a better solution. But I just want to know what your take on that is, because I found him to be quite well, lackluster at five on five. You know, you know, what's weird, though, is I actually think he's been pretty good. And at five on five in the... I, the reason I think he's been pretty good is that the previous Arthur Kelly we've seen earlier in his career, these last few years, he just wasn't good at all at five on five. Yeah. That was kind of his his worst part of his game. He just couldn't put it together. He couldn't keep, keep up. His pace wasn't there. His like assertiveness, his confidence just wasn't there five on five. And we saw that a little a lot toward the end of last year. But I think he's been up. I think I think he's upped his game, and that was a big question I had with 
for Cali upcoming this year. And I, I asked McClellan about it. And he just kept talking about how they talked. They asked a lot of Arthur Cali over the summer. And I think we're seeing a lot of that kind of come into fruition this year. And, and maybe the reason why you don't really notice him as much is because just Dino and Trevor Moore are just fucking insane right now. Like the way they're playing, they're just doing whatever they want. And it's like, and maybe Cali just really can't keep up with them because they're just buzzing on the ice every time they're on there. But I think Cal, I think Artie, Artie's, Artie's been pretty good. I think he had that one kind of he forced turnover at the blue line with with Stone. Just he was just kind of at the end of his shift, caused a two and one, had a nice shot. It is what it is. Mm. But I think I think he's been playing pretty good. Yeah, and I think we can say at least very least if we're not hearing about him, it's not in the, it's not because he's doing anything wrong in these in the defensive zone. So at least you take exactly. that positive out of that because you do want you're going to be on a line with Phil Deneau. You're going to be playing a more defensive-minded style of hockey. And again, if you've got Trevor Moore, just mm-hmm. pass the puck up that wing and let him take the, skate the puck in and just be there as a support, either a four, an F2 or an F3, just to be there for a rebound or be there for an open one-timer, which we've seen on the power plays still working. That one-timer is still there. Yeah. So I don't think there's much of an issue. But I've got to say, as an Australian, it, even though I won't say we claim him as our own, Watching Jordan Spence today, that was that was a coming out party. That was a coming out party. Dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a shot at least. That was letting the world know about his shot because even Eddie Ocek was talking about like, dude, this guy's got a shot, and we're seeing it because yeah. there was that those couple penalties, those first couple assists that he had, just based off his shot from the point. Absolutely. And I remember after about games, I think it was very early in the season. I think it was after the Boston game. I immediately wrote to our chat, to our group chat of hockey fans uh, amongst our hockey club going, get rid of this bottom pair and give me Brad Clark. Dump this pair in the trash because it was just looking awful. <laughs> and that was, again, taken into consideration, this was the Boston Bruins, and they've had a phenomenal yeah. start on to their own right. Um, but since that game, since going on the road, but even England's had a good time. Even England's been playing well. He, he got that goal in Toronto. But again, just... The breakout passes have been taped to tape that he hasn't he hasn't just been uh, chucking them willy nilly into the middle of the slot like I think he did one game I think yeah. the Carolina game very early on just middle of nowhere and it's just really stabilized this defensive core and one thing TNT didn't mention that it's been brought up more and more nationally and you see it on a few podcasts Mikey Anderson allowing Drew Doughty to go back to that offensive role. Uh, rushing the puck. Yeah. He's just been a stellar anchor. Stellar anchor, and it's just been good to watch. Dude, Mikey Anderson, he's him. Oh, like, yeah. some of the plays he was making tonight, like, it was, like, perfect because they were praising him, and then he'd, like, show off, like, right <laughs> after that. So, like, be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, there's a reason why they're saying that. And I think I retweeted, I think it was uh, one of the guys from EP Ringside, I believe, who talked about, like, how, how nationally like Mikey Anderson isn't recognized for how really good he is and how much of it, like you mentioned that, that anchor for Drew Doughty to kind of be what Drew Doughty was good at too back in the day. I mean, Drew Doughty has been playing with all these bad teams during the rebuild and he's kind of had to focus on defense a lot more, but now that he has that anchor, that defensive partner, Mikey Anderson, I mean, Drew Doughty can kind of unlock on that, that part of his game again. Yeah. But yeah, I think, and also just real quick on that, that, third pair it's it's so weird too i mean i think you hit it right in the head like their play of late has been so good that it was obviously it was frustrating at first and it was kind of weird that they were he was mcclellan was switching them a lot we noticed like angler would play with more and spence would play gavrikov at certain points of the game 
But like lately, they've been just together, Spence, or Spence and England, and they both look solid. I, I think England at times, like even when he's out there, like he's not getting a ton of minutes, but I, I'm, I feel pretty good with him out there playing with Spence. I think it's just this lineup has opened itself up to you can put anyone out in 90% of situations. You've got four lines yep. rolling. You've got 3D doing their job. Cam has been a rock. If, again, the biggest question mark as we keep going back to is just backup goalie. And the question then becomes now, I've seen enough of the Ontario Reign recently to go, okay, this they're doing all right. But do you really want to then have to do the mess around it back up to and see how that affects the team? Now, again, we're talking about, again, if Phoenix comes out, wins tomorrow, let's say he gets the start against Philly, wins that, looks good doing it. Let's say he gives up somewhere under three goals each, so maybe a three-goal and a two-goal game, somewhere there. This conversation goes away. We're not talking about this. Mm-hmm. But you, it's going to be interesting because Pittsburgh, obviously, coming off that complete and utter ass-kicking of the San Jose Sharks. And... <laughs> It, and then they just beat the Ducks. And then they just beat the Ducks. So you've yeah. got to ask yourself, this team, they can Pittsburgh can score. What Pittsburgh don't have is any defensive, good defensive metrics and goal and iffy goaltending, aka things we were worried about at the start of the season. So you've okay. my question now becomes, do you you've already seen that fourth line do well? Do you just roll, try and roll even lines tomorrow? Don't try and line match. You know, Crosby's going to try Crosby things. Malkin's going to do Malkin. Interesting. Do you just roll out those four lines? Because the fourth line's been doing well enough that I'm like, yeah, I trust them. Those guys can, can go at him, go nuts. Yep. No, I think I think one thing I'd like to see in terms of the line matchups tomorrow, the only thing I'd really like to see is I'd like to see maybe the Dubois line just get an easy matchup tomorrow. Just, I, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying like, they need that, but I think at this point, I just want to see him get going. I just want, I think if you can just figure out how to get that line going, man, I mean, this thing, this team is unstoppable as, is as more unstoppable as they are even right now at this point. I mean, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the shots on goal. I mean, you go into the third period against the Golden Knights, it's two nothing, and then you score with two minutes into the third, so it's three nothing, but you still hold the Golden Knights to only eight, so you outshoot them in the third period, 10 to eight. The team, it's like it's not like they're sitting back. They're still just like, hey, we got to keep going. Let's keep the pressure up. And it was just this odd, kind of random, like odd man miscommunication rush that the Golden Knights scored on. But then they still didn't lay it up. It was just still keep coming and coming and coming. And dude, this, that's just how good this team is right now. And even with that third line, you look at how teams are covering them, and they go, well, Pierre Dubois on the ice. We better, you know, concentrate on the big guy who's the net front presence. And all of a sudden, while I think Kaliev, he's still played well, but I think he's just lacking more of the offensive player that I think he had last year. Maybe that led itself to, oh, sorry, not Kaliev, um, Leferriere um, mm-hmm. in the offensive zone sometimes goes lacking. I find it very good on the rush. You, yeah. Every time you see Dubois at the, at the, at the low slot or, in, or at the top of the crease, Fiala is just alone by himself, high slot, getting just shot on after shot on after shot on. One's going to go in eventually. Like, he's got a 12-game mm-hmm. assist streak. I won't say he's having a bad time. But he, I think that uh, that low, I guess, shooting percentage or conversion percentage from shots into goals is going to end up going back the other way. Because he's just, he's just been so effective once the puck is in the offensive zone. I just think that's going to break eventually. But, I mean, the same thing I'd been thinking about Tempe, like the first couple of games of the season. And we're starting to see him kind of 
slowly break out a little bit now, just get a season going. I think we're going to see a game like that from Fiala here soon. Now, and it's like so weird to say because, like you mentioned, he's like almost like tied or second on the team in points. But I think we'll see that line kind of have a a pretty good game here soon. Maybe the Philly game or the game tomorrow. But just to kind of, I'm going to sign off here. I'm going to I'm going to get you out of here, and then I'm going to go ahead and sign off for the night. But what? Give me this, give me a prediction for the score tomorrow for the game tomorrow. What do you think? Ah. Uh... I think it's going to be 5-2, and I have a funny feeling, knowing what their game plan is going to try and be, it's going to be try and come out early, score a couple goals, and then probably give up one or two probably towards the end of the game when you're starting to get a bit tired and, you know, score effects will happen. So I think we're going to see a 5-2 game, but I'm going to say two goals in the first period as well. I actually 100% agree with you. I think they come out flying. I think they come off this high and kind of get the ball rolling. I would say maybe like an early three-goal lead. You kind of ride that. Maybe Pittsburgh gets back into it, and then they just kind of shut it down and make it like 5-4-1, four, four, something like that. Interesting note to that game as well. Jeff Carter being a healthy scratch, I believe, the last game. Does he know, right? does he make this lineup knowing that he been obviously won two cups here? Does Sully put him back in and go, well, we'll see what we can get out of him? Play I don't know. Flight, see what you get. They've been win- they've been winning without him. I think they kind of roll with the lineup they have. <laughs> That's but man, dude, what time is it in Melbourne right now? It is right now, uh, twelve past six p.m. So afternoon games are great. Afternoon or late seven p.m. games are two p.m. Melbourne time, and even better on the East Coast, it's uh, a ten o'clock in the morning game. So you're usually getting up for work and getting ready for work. Uh, so it's pretty good here actually. For yeah, the time. The time difference kind of works out. I have, I have some, obviously I have a colleague in, in Joe that lives in Buffalo on the east coast of the U.S. over here, and he's three hours behind us. So, I mean, he's talking about staying up to like 1 a.m. to watch a game for him, which is kind of tough. But, I mean, it's 11 p.m. I'm going to start, I'm probably going to hit, hit the bed soon. Sounds like you're getting yeah. ready for dinner. Yeah, no, I'm actually just, <laughs> hilarious, I'm actually just on my break at work at the moment, so just, just I'd jump on while I quickly got back, but back to work uh, in yeah, short man. order. Hey, buddy, hey, I, I love it that you follow from Australia. I want to uh, hear you back in here a couple more times, uh, but yeah, let's, let's do, this season's going to be fun. I love it. I appreciate you hopping on here, man. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Thanks for having me on, and yeah, I look forward to the, uh, to the remainder of the season. We're looking pretty good to start with. Let's just keep the ball rolling. Yes, sir, bud. Take it easy. Take it easy. Guys, oh, tonight was fun. This was a fun night. This is kind of like we wanted the NHL world to know, right, that, like, the Kings are Kings are for real. Let's see if they can keep it going tomorrow. I'm excited. I think tomorrow will be – I think we'll have some more fun tomorrow. But big game for Copley. That's the player to watch, right? I think we're all expecting Copley to start, so it'll be – See how he performs. I'm going to sign off on here. This was awesome. Met some cool people. But yeah, appreciate you guys all hopping on here. Let's get a W tomorrow. Good night, everybody. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.